Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. While the world would tell us we need to earn our way to Jesus, the scriptures continuously show us that he cares for the lost and has come to bring salvation to those who recognize their need for him. His desire is for everyone to be reconciled with him. So, he continues to offer So if you didn't catch on, those were last week's announcements. Just testing you guys to see if you're paying attention, see if you're aware. So really, the only thing I'll catch you up on is two things. One, prayer and worship night is tonight right here at church at 6.30, so I hope you're all here tonight. And two, I'm not Pastor Charles. I am bald like he is, um, but I hope... I'm only 41, but I do hope that by the time I'm 42, I'm in as good a shape as he is right now. So you're not supposed to laugh at that. Um, But Christmas is coming quicker than any of us want to admit. We are closer to December than we are the beginning of November, if you haven't done the math yourselves. A couple people are excited. You can come to my address and shovel my driveway. Um, No, we're excited for Christmas. Also, I just want to encourage you as we're into the last message on our series, The Invitation, uh, Christmas is the easiest time to invite people to church. It's the easiest time. And here's the amazing thing if you haven't caught on yet. We're also online. And so what I would encourage you to do is just tell friends, tell neighbors, tell family, hey, our church is doing a Christmas Eve service. You should come or at least watch online on Christmas Eve at 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock. And it's just going to give them a chance. It's the front door for them to be open to church. And here's the thing. On Christmas Eve, a lot, of church, a lot of families are still looking for things to do to celebrate Christmas together. And by just throwing this at them, you would be surprised how many of them might just click on a, a link and go, you know what, why don't we just watch this together and see what church is like and remember what Christmas is really about. It's the easiest time to invite people to church. And so we're going to start our last, ser- our last sermon into uh, invitation. And this is the invitation that Jesus used, invitation by healing. Invitation by healing. And so Jesus did a lot of healings. Last week we talked about miracles and we talked about different things like that. And what's happening is Jesus is going to touch people's lives through healing. Um, so if I don't know about you, but when I was a kid... I just grew up with an understanding that Jesus healed. This is just the way I grew up. Now, as a young child, um, I suffered from a very young age of croup. If you know what that is, it's when you have a hard time breathing as a kid, your, your esophagus starts to close. And, and so I, was, uh, I had this all the time as a child. And at one point in my life, I was in a, like, 
in a tent kind of in the hospital where they kind of stick you so you don't die and you can breathe. I'm being very serious. It's like I'm in this little tent. And, and, but this was my life growing up. And I remember as a kid having to go into the washroom of our house and my mom would crank all the hot water, get it full of steam so it would help me breathe. Um, now we actually say go out in the cold. I'm really glad I was part of the lifestyle where it was like go in the warmth. Um, but they're like, go into the cold. It'll help open up your esophagus and breathe. And I remember as a very young age, and when I mean young, I mean like I'm talking probably three or four. My mom might correct me. It might be younger. But my mom and my grandma would tell the story all the time that finally one night, I just walked out of the bathroom um, after having to be in there trying to uh, breathe and started being able to breathe right. And I was walking out of the bathroom to go to my bed to go to sleep. And my mom and my grandma tell the story that just as I was walking out, I just said, out loud, Lord, can you just take this croup away from me? Keep it for yourself. I don't want anybody else to have it either. I've never had it since. Sorry, if we're going to talk about healing this morning, I want you to be, and it's not about me, it's about God. I want you to be a little more excited. So I haven't had it since. I'm going to call you out this morning on a little bit as we share testimonies because I've seen some of you cheer for sports. I've seen you cheer for different things. I've seen you cheer for buffets. So we're talking about Jesus touching people's lives physically. And I do believe that the more we celebrate, when the scripture tells us that if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much, I believe that talks way more than finances. We like to reference it just to finances. Like, oh, if you're faithful with little, he'll bless you with more. I believe if you're faithful with a headache being healed, he will bless you with somebody getting out of a wheelchair. But if you don't celebrate what he's doing, why would he give you more? Well, I'm just going to wait until, until he moves more. No, he's moving. I remember being in grade eight and... Um, I know this is probably hard for you to believe, but vertically, I haven't grown much since grade eight. Um, so in grade eight, I wasn't actually that short. Um, but since then, it's kind of just, you know, it's where it's at. But when you're in public school, yeah, don't cheer for that. When you're in public school, if you remember sports, you would practice, 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 and then one day tournament. That's all you had. Well, a week before the tournament, we were in practice, and I came down on my left foot sideways. And it hurt a lot. And because of my school, this was the first year that I knew I was going to be the starting point guard. And I know for some of you, you're like, one, what is that? Two, why does he care? But this was important as a kid. So I go to the hospital that night with my mom to the emergency room. And they take an x-ray of my left foot. And you can see right in the x-ray where my bone on the side of my foot has a crack right in it. And so they tell me that I have a fracture in my foot. They wrap it up. They put me in crutches. And, they, and I'm like, I play basketball in a week. And they're like, no, no, you don't. So I'm upset. The more you get to know me, the more you'll see how much I love sports. And I love to play. And I don't like missing out. And so I go home, and I'm very upset. My mom and I pray, and we pray for healing in my foot. 
About two days later, I'm at the school and I'm on my crutches and I start kind of walking on it a little bit, putting some weight on it and going, There's, I don't feel pain. And then all of a sudden later in that week, I show my coach, my mom didn't know I was doing this, but I showed my coach that I could run down the hallway. And he's like, you can't play unless a doctor tells me you can play. So I forced my mom to drive back to the emergency room to check my foot out. And we go in, they x-ray my foot, and the same doctor comes in. And he puts up the x-rays from a week ago, and he goes, there must have been a glitch in our x-ray machine, because it looks like there's a crack right here, but on this one, there's nothing. So I just grew up believing that you pray and ask God to heal, and he heals. Now, have I prayed for people and they haven't been healed? Yes. Can I explain that? No. But I will tell you that it doesn't stop me from praying for people to be healed. Because I don't understand why he moves in times and why he doesn't. I don't understand. But here's what I do understand. He's asked me to pray. He's asked me to believe. And I do believe that Jesus still heals today. And I want to echo what Pastor Charles said last week about miracles. And it's the same for healing. God doesn't do healing. He doesn't do miracles for a sideshow or to entertain people. I believe he does it to draw people in. He draws people in. Matthew 10 verse 1 says, And then he called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. And then it jumps down to verse 7. And as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. See, when he sent his disciples out, he sent them out to show his power, that they could go and bring healing in people's lives. Healing was done to show God's power and strength to believers to grow their faith or to show that God is real to those who don't believe or are questioning. See, if you believe in God and somebody gets healed, your faith builds. If you don't believe in God and somebody gets healed, it makes you rethink what you believe because you can't argue it. I want to show you some testimonies today of God's healing power and how he can bring healing over a time period and continue to build a faith in a believer, and he can do it instantly. So if you'll turn your attention to the screen, we have a testimony from uh, Kim Shawhouse. Kim Shellhaus, and I'm, I've been coming to Bethel at least maybe 17 years. Um, so from January till March, I was walking and walking and walking, probably about five kilometers a day just to keep fit and to clear my head because of what we've been through and talking to God, that kind of thing. Um, by March, I started to really experience a lot of pain in my foot 
and it seemed like my plantar fasciitis had come back very severely after 16 years. So I went to see the doctor three times in March and finally got an appointment, but the appointment wasn't for, oh, six months, I think. It wasn't until July 28th. Uh, so I believe I went for prayer around the end of July, second or third week of July, online, and um, asked for prayer for my foot. And that set everything into motion. It was like between, let's see, the second week of July and August the 5th, I had a cortisone shot and we were at the uh, August 19th prayer night that we had prayer for the church. And suddenly I just realized I have no pain in my foot anymore. And it was pretty cool. And so I just thought, wow, God, you are amazing. Um, this is, this is just the beginning, you know, because I, I'm dealing with other things in my life as well. Um, and I real feel, really feel that the physical manifestation, you know, is part of the spiritual walk. And I'm trusting God for way more healing. So I love the fact that nobody in person really prayed for her. She went online, prayed, and then she was faithful to continue to walk it out. She continued to go and see the doctor. She got her crotosone shot. She got the things that she needed to do. And then here's the amazing part. And some of us have to realize how God works. She just came to a prayer meeting, was worshiping and praying, and all of a sudden she goes, wait a minute. My foot's fine. And it's, as she says in the testimony, it stirred her already to go, you know what? There's other things I'm believing for. And I believe he's going to do it. And this is why he heals. He invites us into a deeper relationship with him. He pulls us into an understanding of how he works and what he can do in our lives and through our lives. I've heard of many people needing healing and, and seeking prayer and all these things. And all of a sudden they come to a service or they come to a prayer service and they worship. And just during worship, they all of a sudden go, it's gone. It's gone. I don't understand God's timing. I don't understand why he does certain things, but I do know that he continues to heal. So if you need God to move in your life, if you need healing or strengthening or wisdom or encouragement or a breakthrough in an area in your life, I encourage you to worship him. Continue to worship him. Because here's, we do play a part. We do play a part. Here's the thing that a lot of us don't like to talk about when it comes to some of this stuff. We actually need to have faith. We need to believe that Jesus can heal. Jesus says in Mark 6, verse 4 to 6, he says, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own, ho own, own house. Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hand on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled, because of their unbelief. 
Do you believe? See, we need to believe. Now, before we get all worked up on this, before you get too concerned, Jesus also told us that we need faith the size of a mustard seed. And with that faith, we can speak to a mountain and it'll move. I pray for healing all the time just because I believe that God does it. And like I said, I've seen it where he does and where he doesn't, and I don't understand it, and I can't explain it. And there's certain areas for me to pray that I still need to ask God, Father, can you stir up my level of faith? This is why we share testimonies. Not only does it brag on who God is and what he can do, but we don't know in this moment who is sitting in this room or who's watching online that needs healing, that needs God for a breakthrough, needs God to move in a certain way. And as we begin to share stories and share testimonies, you begin to see their faith grow. When you meet up with another believer, when you meet up with another Christian, even though your neighbor who's not a believer, I want to encourage you just to share stories of what Jesus is doing in your life. Sometimes we think, well, they're not big enough stories. Every story of a testimony builds faith. It stirs up faith. Now, I believe that as we pray for healing... We need to pray and believe. We need to declare healing over ourselves. And we need to see a doctor. See, some of us immediately go, well, no, no. I'm going I'm to pray for healing and I'm not going to see a doctor. I'm not going to go see any of those. Because I'm going to stand that Jesus is my healer. Jesus is your healer, but he works different ways. How many in this room believe Jesus is their provider? How many of us are going to work tomorrow? Some of you are like, I'm retired. <laughs> I get that. All right. But if you weren't retired, you'd be going to work tomorrow. Why do we not question it when it comes to that? Any of us that said God's my provider and we just sat at home and did nothing, every Christian would be like, God's going to provide you a job. When it comes to healing, yes, pray, declare, walk it through. See a doctor for multiple reasons. One, he can work through them. Two, they're the ones that are going to prove that he healed you. There's wisdom in both. I loved Kathy's testimony last week because seeing a doctor doesn't mean we agree with what they say. She wasn't denying the fact of what they said, but she said, you know what? I'm not going to agree with it. I'm going to pray and believe that there's something else. And healing was brought. But sometimes we don't know what's going on, so we don't know how to pray because I believe praying specifically for things. So we go and we ask, what's going on? And it allows us to know when a miracle happens. James 5, 15 and verse 16, it says, And the prayer of the faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. There's three things I learned from these scripture verses. One, prayer of, prayer of faith. Again, you need to pray and believe. Two, you need to confess your trespasses. 
confess your sins. This is something we don't do that much. And we need to do it more often. And this is something we will be working on in the year to come, in the years to come. Confessing our sins to one another. Now, I don't believe that we should go around and, and, you know, share our dirty laundry with everybody, but you need to have someone in your life that you confess your sins to. It's scripture. We confess, we repent, and we move on. How do I pray for healing when I have sin in my heart? I confess, then I pray. Because the third thing is this. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I like how the NIV says it. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. When Jesus is in your heart, when you've accepted Christ in your life, you are righteous. We stay connected to the Lord. We walk with him. We stay faithful to him, and we are righteous, and our prayers are powerful and effective. See, it's, it's kind of like a cycle. The more you pray for healing, the more you will start to see healing happen. I forget who it was, but there was um, a man years ago that traveled as a healing evangelist. And it showed in his biography, and I forget who it was, forgive me. But he recorded 500 times he prayed for healing before he saw healing. Be faithful. Continue to pray. And as you continue to see it, then your faith will build up. I want to show you another video of a testimony of healing that's happened in our church. If you will turn your attention to the screen, this is Damian Riley. Damian Riley, and I've been coming to Bethel now for about seven years. I was actually making lunch for the kids in the kitchen, preparing lunch. And I had the service playing and was watching and you came on and uh, you made the call. Um, I heard you speaking about the lower back. And in that moment, I knew that I'd woken up with my back feeling tight and some discomfort there. And it wasn't enough that I couldn't be mobile, but it was enough that I knew it was there and as we all typically do, life goes on. But in that moment, I, it's, I felt I needed to be a bit more obedient to the call. So I focused in on it and I joined in, came in agreement with the prayer. And at the end of it, it was like instant. I felt a warmth and it was just like a release of tension. And in that moment, I was like, wow, this happened right away. And I noticed the difference right away. And it's, it was a few minutes after I was like, nah, this is just, doubt kicked in and you started going, you started drifting towards you, doubt wanting to take you, ah, oh, it's nothing, it's gonna come back. But right away, it's, I stood on, no, I'm healed. And the more I kept saying that, no, I'm healed, it's, my back was released. You know, it brought me back to a situation um, of when 
my wife and I were in Ghana doing missionary work and there was a time going to the convenience of hospital wasn't as freely and I remember there was a time I I had a migraine when I was there and the only option I had in that moment then was just to I prayed and I prayed healing over my head and uh, I think it was a few minutes later and it was like instantly the migraine went away and that was my first contact of oh healing is for the believer and it brought me right back then because you get so comfortable in your everyday that ah, healing it's for someone else but until you get in that moment of no healing is for me I walk in healing the Word of God is true so it brought me to a place where my faith was it reigniting that aspects of my faith that you don't really think about unless you're in that position and most of all yes it strengthened my faith because it's like oh God you're actually closer than I think you are so yeah I it's a believers right and I felt like you know what I had the privilege of yeah experiencing God in a different way a way that you don't really on an in in your everyday but I was grateful for that moment so this healing happened just standing at home making lunch and it reminded Damien of a time where he prayed for himself and healing came I think this is important for us to remember because see in scripture it tells us to ask the elders to come and to anoint us with oil and to pray but it also, you can pray for yourself. Because the same, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead also lives in you. It's the same spirit that lives in me. It's the same spirit that lives in the elders. It's the same spirit that lives in believers. Every one of us can pray for healing. Because healing isn't about us. It's all about Jesus revealing himself and his power. See, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and 9, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 goes down to verse 28, and it says, And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and after that, miracles, the gifts of healing, helps, administration, varieties of tongue. It's a gift that we all have. Some of us might have a higher gift in it, but every one of us can pray for healing and faith, and healing will happen. See, some people believe that healing used to happen in the early church, but it doesn't happen today. The gifts don't happen like they used to. I want to just explain to you why I believe that it still happens today, that all of these gifts still happen today, just as they did with the early church. I know we just read it, but I want to illustrate something to you, very simple. So my daughter, she's downstairs right now. She's our youngest. She's 10. Miles is sitting right here. He's our oldest. He's 12. So Miles came first just for the math. How many of you think it would be fair 
if for miles we set up a, a college fund, a university fund, and we put all this money into it, and we invested into him, and any gift that he wants for Christmas, he gets it. And when he gets his license, we buy him a car. It's not happening. <laughs> but then for Emma, we wouldn't, no school, no presents, whatever's left over. Every one of us sitting here as parents, or even if you're not a parent, you're sitting here as a human being going, that's horrible. Well, if you and I know that, why would God... Give something to the early church and not to us. They needed it to inf impact their world, influence their world just as much as we need it now. So I believe that God still speaks to us. I believe he still empowers us. I still believe that he works through us. Not for my glory, not for your glory, but for his. Because it shows God's power Acts 4, 14, such a powerful verse. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. They could say nothing against it. This is the power of a testimony. So I had a, I had a student when I was youth pastoring in Strathroy, and I'm going to tell you a story that possibly could have got me fired then. And if, Pastor Carlo, you're listening, don't ever do this. Uh, the student's name is Colin, and he showed up uh, for Overflow, which is our youth convention weekend. So we're going to Waterloo for Friday night and Saturday night. And he shows up, and as he's walking to get into the van, uh, he's a teenager, so you know most of them. They're going away from their parents for a couple nights. They get out of the vehicle, and they, like, run to the van. They're jumping all over the place. They've already eaten too much candy and everything like that. Colin moves as slow as I've ever seen him move. And I see his sisters carrying his bags. And I'm like, what is going on? His parents come up to me and said, listen, Chad, we don't even think he should be going. And I'm like, what's going on? His back is so messed up that he can barely move, as you can see. He can't carry his own bags. And I'm like, well, what do you want to do? And they're like, well, we can't stop him from going. He says he's going. I'm like, all right. So we go, we go to the Friday night service, and Colin sits the whole time because he just can't stand. And... Saturday morning, we wake up. Here's where, don't ever do this as a youth pastor because you probably should get fired. Um, Colin can't get out of bed. And so I have like 30-some students waiting to go to the service, and I have a kid who can't get out of bed. Now, here's the understanding, just so you're clear. Colin's the type of kid that if he could get to service, he would go to service. He's not the type that would fake it to pull pranks. And so I look at Colin and I say, do you have a cell phone? He's like, yes. And I said, okay. We're going to close your door. We're going to put the do not disturb sign on it and do not open the door for anybody. And I'm leaving you behind. Don't ever do that as a youth pastor. But I leave him behind. So we go to service, we come back and we have pizza there and Colin slowly gets himself and he's literally shuffling his feet walking. He gets into the room where we're having pizza and he lays on the floor in the fetal position. It's the only way he can, like, has comfort. And so we're all talking, like, I don't know what to do with him. And so I asked the students, hey, like, what do you guys think? And one of the students 
goes, I think we should pray for him. So let's jump back a few months. We have a new family coming to our church. They grew up in a church that doesn't believe in any of this. They don't believe in healing. They don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues. They don't believe in any of it. And they're in the room. And so I have this prompting in my spirit to go, yeah, let's pray for him. But here's the thing. All leaders don't pray, and I'm not praying. Students, you're praying only. I don't know why. So we pray. They pray. And as they pray, they finish praying, and I ask Colin, hey, Colin, how do you feel? And he goes, I don't, I don't feel any better. So i like, what does anybody think? So this brother and sister that are there in this room observing, that sister goes, I feel, I just saw this huge hand come down and put their, its hand on Colin. I was like, so what do you think that means? I feel like we're supposed to pray for him again. So I go, okay, why don't you pray for him? So she prays. And so I take another step of faith and I help Colin up. I said, hey, let's get up. Get up, I'm like, why don't you try doing something you couldn't do before? He's like, well, what do you want me to do? And this girl goes, why don't you try touching your toes? So Colin bends over. I'm not going to try because I'll probably embarrass myself. Used to be able to. <clears throat> but he bends over. Not only does he touch his toes, he puts his palms on the floor. So everybody starts cheering. And they're like, could you do that before? He's like, no. So all the kids start cheering and they're excited. And then Colin goes, no, no, hold on. You don't understand. I've never been able to touch my toes. So we go to service that night. And we're worshiping and we're praying. And at the end of the Saturday night service, like any great conference for youth or retreat, you go after the Holy Spirit, God's power. So I'm praying through all of my youth and I'm praying down the line and all of a sudden I come to this brother and sister. And I'm like, how do I, how do I pray here, God? Because I know what their beliefs are. I know what their parents' beliefs are. And so I just felt pray. So I just pray for the fullness of God and his power. And the sister just begins to speak out in tongues. So I moved to the brother you have to realize this guy is about 15, 16 years old, super smart. Like, I mean, we would have conversations when he was 15, 16, and I would go, okay. I have no idea what he's talking about half the time. He's so smart. So I pray for him. And all of a sudden, he just begins to speak out in tongues. Now, hear me. It's not about speaking out in tongues. So we go back to the hotel. This guy is roommates with Colin. And so I go in, check on Colin, because Colin now can touch his toes, so he's down during worship with a bunch of teenagers jumping around and bouncing around, and I'm like, okay. So I go into the room, check on Colin, make sure he's okay, and here's this guy, he's sitting on the bed, just kind of like stone-faced. And I just ask him, like, so I got to ask you, how are you dealing with all of this? I said, because pretty sure when we left Friday, you didn't believe in any of this. And he goes, yeah, no, I didn't believe in any of it. So what's going on? 
He goes, well, I'm roommates with Colin, so I've seen him move. When I saw Colin get up off the floor and touch the floor and worship tonight, I just said to God, God, my whole theology's out the window. If you can do that, you can do anything. So when you prayed for the, for the fullness of God, he goes, I knew what you were praying, and I just said, okay, God, sure. And it just began to happen. See, God brings healing to invite people into a relationship they didn't know existed. God will do a miracle because we can't deny a miracle. So you and I can argue theology, but when all of a sudden, as the scriptures says, that when he stood before him in Acts 4.14 and seen the men who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. I believe this is why God is going to start moving and healing again in a strong, powerful way. Because he's going to bring people in because they can't deny his power. And your neighbors, you're going to pray for them and they're going to begin to see healing. They're going to see miracles happen that they can't deny and you're going to be the part of the invitation to invite them in. See, Colin's healing opened others' minds and spirits to the fullness of God. When healing happens, we celebrate. We celebrate the headache. We celebrate the backache. We celebrate the earache. Because when we're faithful with it, then we will begin to see blind eyes open, deaf hear, the lame walk, and the dead rise. I believe we're going to see that if we are faithful with what he gives us now. And then when your neighbor, your coworker, your loved one comes asking what all of this is, you give them the gospel. You give them the opportunity to experience the greatest miracle ever. The invitation into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You share Jesus with them. You tell them that Jesus is healing people because he wants them to know he loves them. He wants you to know that he loves you. He came and died for you that you might live. He wants a relationship with you. Would you like a relationship with him? Let's pray. I'll ask everybody in the room just to repeat this prayer after me. Just give me a prayer of salvation. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I confess that I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. Please come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. And bring me into a relationship with you. Help me to walk with you. And to trust you. And to be a light for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're in the room or you're online, I would love to hear from you if you've said that prayer for the first time or recommitted your life to the Lord. If you're online, send me an email. And let me know I want to walk with you. If you're in the room, just let me know at the door on your way out. You can just simply say, you can just simply say, Chad, I said the prayer. 
Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.